Welcome to this meeting of the Mayor and Denver City Council. At this weekly session, city agencies brief the Mayor and Council members on various proposals and projects across the city. This meeting of the Mayor and City Council members begins now. Welcome, thank you everyone for being here at Mayor Council. Uh, delighted to have you here. Uh, we will 
start with introductions. Can't imagine where we could start maybe with the distinguished. Yeah. Yeah. Ask if we start with the, with the councilwoman. You <laughs> bet. The distinguished councilwoman at large. Could you start? Oh, but I, I don't get the distinguished piece. Okay. Councilwoman oh, at large. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> good morning, everyone. Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez, councilwoman at large. Now moving to the undistinguished councilwoman <laughs> at large. Um, I'm Sarah Verdi. Uh, good morning, Councilmember Daryl Watson, Fine District 9. <laughs> good morning, Chris Hines, Perfect 10. Good morning, Stacey Gilmore, District 11. Good morning, Amanda Sawyer, District 5. <laughs> Lucky District 7. <laughs> good morning, Jamie Torres, District 3. Uh, thank you. And, and good morning, Paul Cashman, South Denver, District 6. Just really happy to be included. Thank <laughs> <you so> much. <laughs> Great to see you, Councilman. Um, welcome, thank you all for joining this morning. Um, delighted to jump in. We, I wanna open up with announcements. So if there are any announcements that council members have that they would like to share with the folks here or the folks at home. Councilman Sawyer. Thanks, just a reminder for everyone, we're kicking off our Exposition Street traffic study tonight with a meeting uh, online, given the weather, that's a good thing, um, at six o'clock tonight. So you can find the link and all the information on our social media pages, um, but please come and join us. We'll be doing a study of exposition from Quebec to Leithsdale, um, including the kind of little triangle right there in front of George Washington High School at uh, Leithsdale in Monaco, which is our number one flagged um, location of concern by our residents. So join us, thanks. Thank you, Councilman. Councilman Alvidris. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I would like to share that tonight at 5.30 at Table Public House, we're having a little round table to talk to the operator and our great uh, partners at DPD will also be there to talk about the opening of the micro community, um, which we're so excited about, which is almost here. And then um, with my two colleagues right here, council president and the mayor will be having a business round table in um, district three on March 6th. And that will be at Mikasa Resource Center. Thank you. Yes, Councilman Gonzalez-Gutierrez. I'm just gonna keep passing Councilman Cashman for <laughs> Councilman Gonzalez-Gutierrez as much as possible. <laughs> I will come back I'm to okay you. with that. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, and we talked about this yesterday uh, at, at our council meeting. Um, on Saturday, we were all in, a uh, few of us were in Council District 3 at West High School for the Youth Gun Violence Prevention Town Hall that was put on. Uh, and that was Councilwoman Gilmore, Councilwoman Parity, Councilwoman Torres, and then Council, um, Councilman Cashman joined us as well in the audience. Um, but we were on a panel with a lot of our other city officials like um, Director Saldante and Chief Thomas and Chief Diggins, um, amongst many, many other folks um, that were there. And I just wanted to lift up some of the things that we heard from our young people during that town hall and, and we had an opportunity to hear from them. Um, you know, they talked about their concerns of um, rec center hours and programs, wanting to make sure that we had more funding for community-based organizations that are supporting youth and enhancing cultural responsive mental health support in schools um, and really looking at how we can tackle root causes of gun violence as our top priority. So I just wanted to lift that up um, for, for both of our respective bodies. Thank you. Thank you so much, Councilman. Councilman Cashman. Thank you for, for, for <laughs> squeezing me in. Um, I mentioned this last night, but uh, I wanted to mention it to you. Uh, I was talked for a few minutes in announcements last night about the amazing contribution uh, members of the community have made in helping us deal with the influx of newcomers mm. to our city and mentioned uh, a couple of um, organizations in, in District 6, one being the Love, <coughs> the Love Project. I know you're going to join us for a food distribution uh, yes. later, I believe, in, in April. 
um, uh, they work with uh, families in need at Ellis Elementary and McNeen and uh, wanted to mention them, but also apparently we share an affinity for one of our local restaurants, a Little India at, at uh, Downing and Wesley, and they uh, contacted me a little while ago, said, how can they help? And uh, the owner, Samaran Baidwan, uh, contacted me the other day. They had the opportunity to provide 600 meals wow. uh, to uh, folks staying overnight in the Webb building uh, during uh, a cold spell recently. So I uh, wanted, wanted to let you wow. know that uh, uh, Mr. Baidwan and his team were really stepping up to help out. That is incredible. Thank you, Councilman Cashman. Yeah. I think I'll probably buy that many meals from Little India this year anyway, so we will all, will all come out and watch. Uh, yes, Councilman Watson. And, and one quick reminder, um, we have, I would assume, the last Black History event of the month uh, tomorrow evening. And there may be another one that's sneaking in, but uh, for Denver City Council, I'm honored to, um, um, to host this with Councilwoman Lewis and with yourself, uh, Mayor Johnston. It's going to be uh, on February 28th, um, 5.30 to 7 o'clock p.m. at the Posner Center, which is 1031 33rd Avenue. Um, in Denver, um, it'll start from 5 o'clock to 5.30, um, actually to 7 o'clock. We're going to have a discussion around uh, the black community, the things that the councilwoman and I are doing uh, collaboratively in support of the black community and ways in which we plan on engaging the community going forward. So looking forward to it, encouraging everyone to attend. Thank you so much, Councilman. Look forward to being there with you. Uh, councilwoman Parity, did you have an announcement? You were Anyone else that had announcements they wanted to share this morning? Okay, great. Um, uh, well, thank you for that. We do have one uh, item on the agenda for discussion, then we do have an executive session also on today's calendar. Um, and so looking forward to jumping into that. Uh, I know that you all have been briefed individually on conversations about our citywide goals. We just wanted to get a chance to share, and I think I'll do a higher level overview um, on these. And then if there are questions, happy to have uh, jump into that conversation. We do have members of the team leads that are here also from departments. And so if, they, if that would be helpful, they're delighted to answer those questions. I think you have the slide deck in front of you. I'll just give you a quick overview. Um, thank you so much. I think we're ready for uh, next slide. We did meet yesterday with all of our city staffs. We did, we did a citywide um, employee town hall with all of our uh, team, which was great. Um, and obviously then we were able to do a public release as well. Um, and we talked about how obviously there are things about the city that endure and remain. And when there are new administrations, there are also ideas that we refresh and update. And so this was our attempt to be clear on that. Uh, we both, and we've been working collaboratively with our new agency heads and cabinet over the last several months on all of these efforts. So really grateful for their for their help. Um, we named both the vision, which for us was in, in, uh, important to focus on that this is something we will work on together. Together we can build a Denver that is vibrant, affordable, Kevin and safe. Echo, 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 echo. For all. Echoing back, there. I, echoing back there. Well. <laughs> is it fixed? Oh, it sounds fixed. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> How about now? Normal? Great. Um, so, um, I love it. Yeah, I know. She's still in charge. Uh, a build a Denver that is vibrant, affordable, and safe for all. We really focused on equity as a key point of making sure that that reaches every neighborhood, every individual, and in our for all. Um, mission 
uh, we focused on this idea of what is the mindset we bring to these hard challenges, is it the notion that these, that our problems are solvable and we are the ones to solve them, that we believe we have an amazing team of employees and city uh, leaders as well as residents who are inspired to be shoulder to shoulder with us on figuring these things out. You can go to the next slide. Uh, and we also named a set of, of values which we hope govern the way that people will experience interactions with city employees uh, and that we will try to guide how we work together as a team and how we work externally, which is starting with listening, uh, making sure that we are listening with humility to our community, our partners, and each other, learning together to drive action. And I mentioned yesterday that for us, the action part is an important part of listening. We listen to get informed on things we need to do, and then we want to take action on doing those things. Uh, dare, we really want to intentionally set a culture of that people to be willing to take risks. We dare to be bold and creative driven by the urgency the people of Denver deserve. And then ultimately, after we listen and dare, our job is really to deliver for the residents of the city and to make sure we get results. And that's why we focused on taking ownership of every problem and delivering breakthrough solutions and never do it alone. Uh, so that's the overview. I will jump into the goals, which I'm sure you're most excited to talk about if you have questions. Um, and I'll just give a quick overview on these and then let you all jump in if there are questions now. Obviously, these are uh, a starting point. I did mention yesterday that um, in future years, we will look forward to uh, rolling these out before the calendar year begins. We'll do as the same time as we get ahead of budgeting cycles and goal setting processes. Those would start in the fall, be able to come to you with early drafts and be able to uh, present them before we start the calendar year. That also allows our departments to align our citywide goals to the department goals they're working on individual goals. And so uh, when we have a full cycle to do that, that will be the current plan, but we wanted to get these up and going quickly. So I'll just read through them. Uh, we had four frames here. One is vibrant, affordable, safe, then we had a, another focus on great government. How do we make sure we're providing great services to all parts of the city? And I will start with this entire foundation is built on our work in partnership with our employees. So we have a goal around employee engagement uh, to improve that employee engagement by 5% this year. That engagement, as you know, is, a, um, is an amalgam of all of the questions that appear in that employee survey, which include things like, my work is valued, I feel like I have a chance for growth, I get good feedback, I'd recommend other people to work here. So that's not one question, but a, but a combination of them. And then you'll see across these, um, uh, I don't know that I need to read them all for you because you have them in front of you, but I'm happy to do that for the listening public. Um, the first one is Vibrant Denver, where we describe a plan to build a shared vision for a vibrant Denver. That is engaging the public across the 11 council districts to envision vibrant neighborhoods and a vibrant downtown, and identifying funding for both of those by the end of this year. On affordability, we focused on two things. One is continuing our effort to get up folks out of unsheltered homelessness and into transitional housing and long-term housing. We focused on a total, reaching a total of 2,000 people moved indoors from unsheltered homelessness by the end of this year. And then as we talked about last year, really focusing on the broader pipeline of affordability for all working families in Denver, which is why we have a goal to permit, secure, finance, or support the development and preservation of 3,000 long-term affordable housing units. Uh, we talked about safe Denver as a top priority. Two priorities here. One is on those folks that are uh, in the greatest need of support and services uh, that may be struggling with addiction or mental health needs. That is a move 200 individuals struggling with addiction or mental health out of the criminal justice system and into a coordinated intervention, treatment, and rehabilitation pipeline by December 31. And then on safe city, to Councilman Gonzalez Gutierrez's point, we focused on uh, high level reducing violent gun crime by 20% and improving customer satisfaction by 15% to folks that do have contact with our emergency services, feel like we are responsive, we're thoughtful, and, and we're thorough in the follow through. Included in this, Councilwoman, uh, is an explicit focus on youth violence um, and proactive and opportunities for youth around the city. And so our team from Office of Children's Affairs is one of the key partners in this development. I'm excited to talk more to you about that. 
Then the last two on great government are one around conversation I know many of you are involved in and care a lot about, which is, which is permitting time and accelerating the development process. So we have a goal to re-envision the development permitting process and reduce city review time by 30% this year. And then we also want to just take a general focus on addressing all of the most important needs that are coming from residents about things they want the city to do better and do more quickly. And so we've started with a plan to reduce our response time to the top three constituent concerns on 311 by 20%. But we also do that because that allows us to build a, a template and a structure for how we respond to all the concerns across all those departments. So our goal is this is a place to tighten those systems and then expand them across the city. Um, so that is a quick overview. I know you all have gotten to see these and probably had uh, early questions or feedback, but I will open up the floor to discussion if there are questions, feedback, thoughts, um, welcome them at this join. Um, Councilwoman Alvidres. Thank you, Mayor. <coughs> Sorry. Um, thank you for this great presentation. I really appreciate all of the information and overlying goals that I think we greatly align with. Um, one of my, one of the things that I think about when I think about affordable Denver, and I know this was brought up at the town hall and it's been something I've been thinking about for a while, um, is, is the middle class, right? So I understand we need to get um, people experiencing homelessness into housing, but how do we keep housed people housed, especially when over the last two years, people took out all their savings, waived appraisal, waived inspection to get into these new houses. And I don't wanna see, and there's already an uptick in foreclosure. And so although we were really successful last year in helping people with rental assistance, I think that we also need to focus on preventing foreclosure and helping people with mortgage assistance. Another idea that I have around that <coughs> is really figuring out a way to make CASER more accessible. So I myself am ashamed to admit that after I was first elected, my water heater went out and I tried to go through the program to get a heat pump and it was just, I know my HVAC guy, I know um, the people that serve my community and he wasn't on the list of certified vendors and so I went and got a gas furnace again. And the reason why that's so important is because Excel costs are going to continue to rise and rise, especially when it comes to gas usage. And so if we don't really work on making this accessible, we're going to keep <coughs> serving people that know how to access these systems so they can get e-bikes and they get solar and they get, because I've witnessed it in my district, wealthier people are really digging in. They're all about it and they're making their homes more energy efficient and their Excel bills are going down while the disadvantages disadvantaged communities on the west side still can't access these things that I think could help them stay in their homes because it's like the trash fee and then we have our, our property taxes going up and then Excel, you know, over those super cold days, they raise gas prices. So I feel like if we could get CASER to become more accessible and find ways to get them into community so that people could make their homes more energy efficient, we could help people with, with that and that would be could even offset all those additional costs that we have going on. Because um, you have to go through a vendor list. Right, so you have to yeah. go through a so. vendor list and it's also complicated and does the vendor speak different languages and um, like even for myself, I struggled, I called several vendors, they didn't call me back and when you don't have hot water or you don't have heat, yes. you don't have time to <laughs> wait for the 10 people yeah. on the list to get back to you. Um, so <clears throat> that's uh, one issue. And then I love that you talked about the youth violence. Um, I think one thing that I've learned being new to the city is like so many people are doing youth violence prevention. How can we work together? Whether it's the Office of the Independent Monitor and the DA and the Safety Department has their own and then we have the Office of Children's Affairs. 
so I would like to see like how do we work better together around that instead of having like all these departments do their own thing. So. Uh, thank you so much. Two great um, points. So first is um, really appreciate that we will take that feedback back to CASRA directly on how do we make sure that that is more accessible and equitable. And I will mention you were there yesterday when we talked about this, but one, the two things you named are both uh, CASRA, how do we make sure sustainability is a through line to all of these efforts and equity, you know, and so I, I mentioned that both uh, Ben Sanders, who's our head of OSEI, and Liz Babcock is our head of CASRA. They are uh, on-call advisors to all of these teams, so we're looking at how we can push sustainability in each of these innovations and how we make sure we're looking with a lens of equity on every policy, because we do want to make sure that those uh, that those opportunities are available all across the city. And as you mentioned, one of the biggest drivers of affordability after your rent or your mortgage is your utility bill. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at ways to try to drop those. And one of the best ways can be energy efficiency, but not if you can't access a vendor to get to your home to do that. So um, totally agree we are, we are on that. And this affordable homes pipeline, to your point, will really focus on the middle class and working class, which can be up to 120% of our median income. So it's not just the folks that are the most disadvantaged. It's folks that could be teachers or nurses <coughs> or firefighters or servers trying to afford to live in Denver. Um, so we also are aligned on that commitment. And then uh, you are exactly two steps ahead of us on what we're doing on the youth violence, because what we have, uh, Armando and Chief Thomas, uh, the head of Office of Children's Affairs, we talked with DPS yesterday. We are doing this overall landscape analysis of all of the efforts we have supporting children across all our internal departments, allied uh, organizations like Independent Monitor or DPS, and then figuring out where we might have some redundancies and where we have some real gaps, and then how we can align all those folks to doing uh, coordinated work. So that is exactly where we are at step one, and be happy to report out to you as we get a clearer really map of that. that. That's really great. And then one more thing just on the CASER thing, which CASER is doing great work, don't get me wrong, and yep. I think that's why I lean on them, because they're one really great tool that we have in our tool yep. belt that I feel like we could use better. Um, another vision that I would love to see is like getting those e-bikes to children without them having to go through the lottery system and like sign up on this day and do things. How can we work with our schools to get these things like directly to the kids without having these long city processes to get it there? So that's Thank all. you. Thank great you. feedback. That's what we're delighted to take it. That's uh, Parity, Romero, Campbell, Cashman, Lantanas. Great. Uh, Councilwoman Parody. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I love to see this. And I think some of my curiosity is around process. So I'm looking at your tiger teams that you've put together where you have um, all the appropriate agencies sort of, you know, diving into each of these goal areas. Um, and what I'm curious about is um, a little more of the mechanics of how that's happening. So um, like Roads to Recovery, I know you had Matt Ball in your office convening a huge variety of folks, including agencies, outside stakeholders. Yep. I think the work that's been done there is incredibly impressive and promising already. Um, and so I'm curious, with these other goal areas, um, kind of who is convening and owning each goal, I guess, and maybe even down to like a person, if that's someone in your office or yes. if that's an agency head. Um, and then what is the most appropriate way for council members to contribute or plug in? Um, thank you so much, uh, Councilwoman. We do have those. Um, we have a slide that there is a point like Matt is on Roads Recovery on each one of these. And normally, Councilman, it is two people. It's one person from the mayor's office and the other is often a relevant agency head who has direct oversight over that. Um, and so what we can do is send you that entire list of who those point people are. We also, you'll notice in these, we didn't share that publicly, but in a lot of these, it might not be the executive director of that agency who is the deployed person from that department. And so we can give you the specific names of the individuals uh, who are joining those, who have the deepest expertise in each of those content areas, and so you can have direct contact. Uh, one thing we'd love to talk to you about, which we can do after this, is um, 
uh, how we can do, get feedback from each of your council districts and from your constituents about these topics. And so we wanna talk about as we do, um, uh, we're uh, intent on doing uh, town halls in your council districts, trying to do each quarter that I could be able to join you all for conversations like this. Councilman Gilmore had a great one this past week that she put together. Uh, and so we wanna be able to tee up these different issues that council members might wanna prioritize as goals that are particularly relevant or salient for them, or if you wanna do multiple, so we can get feedback um, from community members as we're working on this. Uh, and so we will look forward to doing both and we'll give you uh, the names of all those people that are leads on each of these projects. Um, and then my last comment or question is where, um, I'm wondering, thinking about our budget situation, I'm wondering um, where kind of thinking through city revenues falls, I or if it's kind of not among these goals, um, and how council can support working on that, because it's very much on my mind, um, and I think there are probably some paths towards that, but yep. uh, curious how best to plug in with you about uh, it. That's great, I think we should have a follow-up conversation about that, um, in terms of whether there are additional revenue options. We're not pursuing any of those currently, right now we're trying to manage the resources that we have, but we do know there are questions people will have about that, and so we'd love to talk with you more about that offline. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Uh, I think uh, Councilman, Councilman Romero-Campbell is up next. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you. I appreciate the, the PowerPoint and, and laying out uh, the goals that you have and really tying it to SMART goals and having something that is measurable. I think that is a way for us to really benchmark and, and think about uh, where we're moving in the city, very similar to um, my colleague, uh, Sarah, or Parity, uh, Councilwoman Parity. <laughs> Gonna call you Sarah. Um, but uh, to Councilwoman Parity, uh, talking about a little bit more about the Tiger teams and how um, that communication loop would happen yeah. with not only um, residents in the district and um, with council members as well. Um, just being able to tap in. I was trying to figure out a little bit of how that also rolls up into our different committees and what you know what we can also be doing in our committees and thinking about where um, where we can lean into being helpful and supportive and thinking of and and tying that into our goals as well. Um, I know that you know in Southeast Denver and District Four, everybody's looking forward to the town hall. So you know, raising our hand over here to say please, you know, okay. put us on the list, um, and definitely want to have that coming up soon um, within the next quarter or so. Great, very excited to do that. And, and I agree, that I think that we would love for these teams to be available to you and interact with you and your committees in much the same way our efforts on House of Thousand did, which is there'll be people that can present to you, answer questions, bring ideas, um, uh, bring solutions, bring feedback, and so uh, we can get you directly connected to them. I think they'll be, they'll be anxious to have that conversation as well. Uh, I, I mentioned yesterday, a couple of folks were at the town hall with employees, uh, that we have, the goal is to keep these teams small and action-oriented, so of course we had all 27 agencies who wanted to be on all of them um, because everyone wants to be a part and we all see ourselves in them. The goal has been to keep them small so that the people that need to be in the room to move those things forward can do that. But what we have is, is two additional categories. We have the folks that are permanent members, then we have what we call a content expert, which is if you are, if you are Dottie and you're a content expert on something like how we're gonna do uh, any roadside improvements around new housing developments, we have you available for that. We also have um, an on-call uh, team, which is generally our, our general counsel, which would be the city attorney's office, our CFO, which would be the Department of Finance, and then obviously our OSEI, our equity office, and our, and our climate office that are seen as kind of permanent advisory members to all of these, so we can share with you that uh, more in-depth structure. We think this is what worked well for us 
uh, around both our s response to the migrant crisis and House a Thousand has been having a diverse set of stakeholders all at the table on a regular basis with regular access to me weekly and to our senior team means things move quickly, we can make decisions quickly, and you get collaboration across departments quickly. So we think for any problems this big, you need that kind of alignment, um, and we're excited to get it moving forward. Well, I think it's a very positive direction to be able to have um, things that that are common threads and themes as opposed to, for example, a CASR set off by its side, yep. by its own, um, and to be able to have that thread go through um, multiple um, agencies and conversations. Right. That is, thank you so much. Um, Councilman Cashman. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Um, I was really excited to see your first goal under Vibrant Denver being to engage the public across the 11 council districts. Yep. Um, I'm really looking forward to working with you over the next year and creating that Office of Community Engagement that I know in our discussions you've expressed real interest in. Um, uh, I, one thing that I, I feel uh, we need to address in as short an order as we can is re revitalizing and strengthening our registered neighborhood organization structure. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a long conversation and I hope we don't have to wait a year to get started on that conversation. The, the last thing I wanted to mention that I was surprised at in, in these goals was, was no clear mention of uh, issues related to the environment. And knowing you well enough and knowing your uh, priorities uh, as an individual, um, I wondered if you would address yeah. that area and your thoughts. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we have, and I think Council Romero Campbell mentioned this a little bit, um, which is uh, we see climate like equity as an issue that should run across every single thing the city does, every contract we let, every program we start, every effort that we undertake. Um, uh, and so what we want it to be is not be siloed as an individual issue or an individual department, but one that helps inform the work all across the city. I think it's not accidental that the title of the head of the CASR office is the chief sustainability officer. It is a chief title focused on how you integrate that work across departments. And so this is our chance to really leverage that opportunity to be a partner to help design across all of the efforts and across all the agencies. Um, and we and so we, I think those continue to be a top priority for us and they will be. Uh, and we also know while these are an important step in year one, this is only year one and we have, we hope many more years of top priority goals to drive. And some of the things we have that are very important department level goals that you'll see things like our preparation for um, uh, electric fleet infrastructure around the city by being able to add more charging stations to make it possible for us to be able to electrify our entire fleet and make it easier for more and more residents to be able to add more electric for us to be able to create more things like solar gardens and others and make it possible to put more renewable energy onto the grid that buys down the cost of uh, utilities for folks in neighborhoods that are hard hit. So we have some very aggressive department goals that are moving and our goal is this is a chance for us to try to push the uh, concept of sustainability driving decisions across multiple departments as opposed to being in a single category. But we, that will maintain a real uh, central priority for us and we will, you should expect to see much more from it as well. I, I appreciate that. I expect that and understand that. Uh, like I say, knowing your values um, and understanding that any speech can only address so many topics and any program, etc. But uh, with the importance of that area, I would just urge you uh, to in include that in your talking points as much as possible. Yeah. It really matters uh, coming from your office. Uh, really helpful, Councilman. Thank you so much for raising that. Uh, I think I have Councilman Hines next. Is that right? Yes. And then, great, SDG.
Yeah, uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, to Councilmember Cashman's point, I agree about the RNO process. It was created in the 1970s in ordinance uh, as the way the city talks to the people and the people talk back to the city. And uh, we're a different city than uh, we were in 1970. And uh, you know, a lot of more electronic uh, forms of communication. As an example, when the 1970s there weren't as many. So I agree with that thought. The, um, when I got the briefing about the the 2024 goals, I I was um, I, I I wanted to make sure that I understood how you were going to measure um, some of the goals. Uh, you know, um, House 1000 was pretty measurable. If someone was unsheltered and now they're in uh, you know in a shelter, that's that's easy to measure. But um, uh, reducing um, response time to the the top three constituent concerns by 20 percent. Um, I would say are uh, part of the concern that I have is that um, the 311 system closes uh, closes out tickets within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do anything. Um, it just closes out the ticket. Uh, sometimes because the ticket is moved to a different system or or whatever. But um, uh, but if you look at our our metrics right now, 311 says we close out a vast majority of tickets in 48 hours. So um, I. I just want to make sure that if we're adding measurable goals, that they are measurable, and um, and that we're addressing the the uh, garbage in, garbage out kind of thing as well. I uh, really appreciate that, Councilman. I'm so glad that you and both Councilman Romero Campbell focused on the kind of smart components of these goals. I think this is what is relatively unique. I don't know that the city's done this before with this type of very specific, very measurable, very ambitious, and very time-bound goals. Because we know that uh, that makes the measurement all that more important. And so. Uh, two things. One is what we are aware of this challenge with 311 of the problem of, of so what we call, um, what we're calling here response time is about not have you gotten notice that we've received the ticket, it's what have we done to actually take action on the issue that you raised. And this is why we're going to focus on, we think many of these will be, uh, many of the most common concerns that you probably hear and we hear uh, do surround solid waste and trash pickup in different forms right now. And so we think we have a real chance to uh, get really deep inside that system and make sure it works really well and that the responses are uh, taken, are responded to, are delivered, and that the, the ticket is closed out to the customer's satisfaction, not that they, we send them a notice that we've received it. And so uh, we are aware of that, and that is what we think will drive the actual changes is the delivery of the service that they've asked or the connection to the service they need, not just an awareness that we have received uh, the input. So that is, that is, will be a part of this measurable, and we can come back to you with what the, each of these will have sub goals underneath them that are quite specific, and so we can come back to you with those if you'd like to see them. Yeah, thank you for that, and uh, and I agree. Trash is, I think, the number one concern uh, brought to 311. I know that there was a decision made by um, Dottie two years ago, and uh, the folks in Congress Park are still concerned about um, how we made a, a decision to move trash collection from the alley to the street because the Denver roll. It's hard for people to uh, to move their uh, their trash cans to the street instead of the alley, and um, so we also want to make sure that we're not improving uh, uh, efficiencies at the expense of, um, or you know, to the detriment of the people of Denver. So thank you, Mayor. Helpful feedback. Thank you, uh, Councilwoman Gonzalez-Gutierrez. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, and maybe, and I apologize if you did mention this earlier, but as far as like the timeline of all of these things, because as you mentioned, like these are um, very ambitious goals, and and I really do appreciate that fact. Um, but is there? I guess, is there discussions around a timing of how these things are going to roll out? Are they all going to be happening simultaneously? Is there going to be some kind of like 
strategy to how you know these things are being addressed. Um, and then thinking like you know especially like when we look at things like affordable Den the affordable Denver bucket of things, um, obviously like reducing crime and, and gun violence and things like that is a little bit different than saying, oh, we're gonna do it on this day. Um, knowing that there's some that require a little more planning, I guess, is that, has there been conversations about that? Do, is there a plan? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, and so uh, the short answer is yes, we expect for all of these to roll out concurrently, and particularly since we're in February now, we have 11 months to go um, and as opposed to 12, and so there is a sense of urgency there. Um, but as you noted, Different ones have different stages of planning work. Something like the Vibrant Denver work is gonna need a lot of community input on the front end before we're looking to take action uh, there. Things like um, uh, public safety, we're gonna look at what can we do immediately right now to take steps and how do we improve on those steps as we go. And so uh, I think each of them will have different timelines around implementation, but our goal is that they will all be starting now, uh, but what the first steps of those look like could be different. So for instance, we are on our affordable homes effort doing convenings of leaders from around uh, the city who are in nonprofit, who are policy leaders, who are uh, builders to talk about what we think the innovative practices and strategies are that we can use in this space. And so we'll be both launching a plan and getting feedback at the same time. Uh, but each one of these will have a plan on both um, uh, initial strategic plan, on rollout, on implementation and improvement, and we will be tracking metrics on these each quarter and some of them we anticipate we won't see a lot of progress in the first quarter because we will be doing more of the planning and strategic development um, but that's why we think it was important to get out now have the goals be ambitious and clear and then be able to get that um, process moving with all these folks in the room taking on the right questions so thank you for that and and um, I guess last two questions I'll put out there are um, you know I hear you talking about like for the vibrant Denver getting community feedback is community feedback being, being considered for all of the areas and this, you know, I heard like when you mentioned like the safe Denver bucket yep. and making sure that are we still getting community feedback there? Are we just acting? That's one question. And then the second question is considering the agencies that are listed under these, um, is there flexibility as to if there is a need to add agencies? So, you know, even under the gun violence school, like DDPHE, I think, would still have a role to play there and, and perhaps so with Denver Human Services when we're talking about safe cities um, because they, you know, work with, you know, when you look at, look at human services, they have the child welfare department under them, which works with kids who are being abused and neglected, also those youth who are involved in the juvenile delinquency system, and so just want to make sure that we're covering all the bases there. Yeah, so we've talked to, um We've gone over and over these lists with department heads and people have been added on the list and removed based on their sense of their own best value add. We have said to the teams, we're always open to the fact that as it gets moving, we may find we need to add teams or that there are people that were there that don't need to be there as much as they thought. So these are meant to be nimble and flexible and responsive. So we absolutely have the capacity to do that. Um, and we will be doing, um, we will be seeking community impact across all of these categories. And as we do our town hall efforts with uh, in your districts and around the city, excited to get feedback on those issues. And we will be still um, um, planning and strategizing and implementing as we're going. We know that we won't, we won't wait for six months to start, but we do wanna get feedback on all these as we move. And I view this as, as I know you all did, uh, I've been getting feedback on these for the last year pretty regularly, you know, both from the 60 town halls we did on uh, on House 1000 and on uh, those we all did on the campaign trail and others. Uh, the feedback is pretty consistent from folks that they want us to take urgent action on these, and so I don't think we need, um, I don't think we need to wait to begin, but we are very excited to get feedback from people as we build and as we 
implement. Thank you. Yeah, great question. Uh, I think Council President, I think you're up next. Sure, thank you. Um, so I, I appreciate that um, uh, OSCI is heavily involved. Um, when I think about an equity question as it relates to each of these, um, it really is about how might um, our neighborhoods, how might certain communities be differently experiencing um, uh, the thing right now and how might that inform the response to it. So um, what I would ask, um, I'm, I, I, I appreciate I think Vibrant Denver and really trying to understand what might be happening within each of the 11 districts um, because as it relates to 311, my district might not call 311 as often as other communities. And so our data, if you ask me, what are my district's top three concerns, might not mirror what 311 says. And so being able to have that conversation with us as council members, I think is an important um, part of understanding what does that universe actually look like um, um, on the ground and in our own experiences as, um, as council reps. Um, and then the, um, reduce violent gun crime by 20%. I'd love to understand a little bit more about um, how you're assessing that where in the city and then what are the tactics to do that. I think um, for me, because we're um, District 3 <coughs> is so heavily monitored when it comes to um, shot spotter, um, and, but I know that gun crime is citywide, but it is not equally experienced throughout our city. So if you're just looking at a full city metric of reduction, it's gonna miss, I think, where some of the deeper cuts are happening or some of the um, more longer felt experiences might be happening um, throughout our city. And I, it feels to me almost like a donut, right? It's kind of this, um, this edge of our city um, and then the donut hole, which is downtown. And so just wanting to understand, because a tactic for downtown will be different than one for Council District 3. Um, and, and I think it's always that nuance that's gonna be really important in, in how we experience it and how our community is brought along in that, in that solution. So um, I'll, I'll just share that, that bit of feedback. Uh, thank you so much for the feedback. I'll, I'll add a quick comment and happy to talk more about it. And Chief Thomas is here too, if helpful. Um, uh, really appreciate your point and that's where we're beginning is where the, are the places where gun violence is, is felt the most profoundly right now in the city and how can we help support efforts there. Um, so we have two components. What we're finding is there's been work already done through this uh, uh, response called uh, Place Network Investigations which is part of what we saw in Westwood with the effort there around both SEPTED which is you know uh, security through environmental design. What can we do to help activate streets, to help get lights, to help get more uh, preventative opportunities in there. Uh, and so what we're looking at is how do we identify places where neighborhoods might be experiencing high levels of, of gun violence. Uh, we'll start with conversations in those neighborhoods to get feedback from them about what they think would be helpful in the way of resources and wraparound supports. We're really viewing this as a comprehensive approach that is not only about law enforcement, it is about what we're doing on children's affairs. It is about what we're doing on economic development. It is about what we're doing on street lighting and street infrastructure and development uh, and how we can, and this is where a perfect example of why you want multiple teams all at the table partnering on an intervention like this is so it's not just one department or one project that will be deeply influenced by community feedback. Uh, and, we, and we see those areas of hotspot all around the city. You see them in Southeast Denver as well, um, down by Kennedy Golf Course. And so we're aware of, uh, of those opportunities and we wanna start by conversations with our coalition, meet with community residents, see what their needs are, and then see what resources we can bring and how we can build a comprehensive plan in those places that are the most effective. Okay, appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Any other questions before we, 
and this will be the first of many conversations about this. We're really grateful for your feedback. We will take it and keep keep working together. I also have, thanks to Councilwoman Parity's request, a document here that has all the point people and all the individual members uh, for you all if you want those as well. Um, uh, wonderful. I think at this point I will now entertain a motion to move us into an executive session pursuant to DRMC 234A4 and 6 for the purpose of discussing ongoing negotiations of contracts to potentially acquire or use real property for shelter or housing. A two-thirds vote of members present is required to enter into executive session. May I have a motion? So moved. Seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Thank you so much. We will adjourn to executive session. Yes, I will. I will do my teacher role and.